the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Friday the 16th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. I wish I could remember, like, important... Well, that is an important thing to remember, the uh, Sutton and Janelle read, but I wish mm-hmm. I could remember other important things as clearly as I can recite that nowadays. I, I tell you, it's like a, a party <laughs> trick because we were out on location the other day and you said that whole thing verbatim from memory. So I was very impressed. <sighs> so Well, I also say it, I think, in my sleep and then in my dreams as well. So well, that probably um, helps. <laughs> very big day for us uh, Marshall University moms and dads because uh, it's Brad Smith's, President Brad Smith's investiture ceremony mm. today. So uh, hopefully our our uh, dear daughter who's a student there will uh, get over there, you know, do the, you know, few walks over to the as library. As long as it's not too people <laughs> It'll be people It will be people but <laughs> But anyway, I just told, I told her, I said, you know, yeah, he's already the president, but this is when he's officially installed and it's a big deal oh yeah you know you won't see many of these in your lifetime and there will be some vips there so yes it will be peopley that's right and marcia we have a vip in studio mm-hmm. with us to get things started we sure do dr jonathan harton ceo of mountaineer behavioral health is in welcome in good morning thank you so much for having me thanks for being in so uh, you guys have a, a big event coming up later this month we do next Saturday, September 24th at uh, War Memorial Park in Martinsburg. We'll be having our second annual Recovery in the Park celebration. It's going to go from 11 to 4 o'clock. Well, so uh, where, where does this idea come from to bring everyone together and do this kind of celebration? Well, the uh, month of September is designated as uh, Recovery Awareness Month. That was started many years ago by... Um, the SAMHSA administration in D.C., uh, which oversees mental health services. And they wanted to start a mechanism to reduce a lot of the stigma around those who recover from substance abuse treatment and to celebrate those who recover uh, from addiction. And so as that gained momentum nationally and Mountaineer opened up several years ago, uh, we wanted to participate in that to be able to recognize all our graduates that graduated from the program and there are uh, hundreds, if not thousands now, of uh, people in the Tri-County area who are successfully living clean and sober, free from the disease of addiction. Sometimes you hear stories and they, um, you, they just make you so sad about the state of affairs of addiction in America, the you know, ready access to drugs, the fact that um, students younger and younger are getting addicted and, and some people suffer lifelong consequences before because of it not just the addict but the family so 
it sounds as though you have reason to hope. We have lots of reasons to hope, and that's one of the main reasons why we have this kind of event is we want to bring the community together to celebrate the success of so many who have confronted their disease and been able to learn how to manage it and um, be able to reintegrate with their families, reintegrate back into the community and get back into work. And so many people have done that successfully. Uh, what, one of the things that the effort is, tries to accomplish is to remove the stigma uh, from addiction and the disease that it is and celebrate it just like we celebrate people who recover from terminal cancer. And we have things in the community uh, that uh, promote and celebrate those who recover from cancer, from heart disease and other conditions. And addiction is one we want to be able to celebrate as well. Well, talk about that stigma because you brought it up a couple of times and I feel like that is really the biggest thing because people uh, you know, might go around and say something or do certain things and they don't realize you know, what they're doing is really you know, hurting that person's recovery or you know, process through the recovery. Uh, so explain you know, what that stigma is. Well, you know, a lot of people look at addiction as a disease of choice. And while there obviously is a, a choice component to choose to pick up or choose to drink, um, more than half of the medical conditions that uh, physicians treat today are health conditions that of choice. Uh, diabetes is based upon diet. Uh, heart disease is based upon diet and lack of exercise for so many. And many other health conditions that people are treated for are based upon lifestyle and behaviors. And when we change those behaviors and change that lifestyle, the, the symptoms resolve. Uh, addiction is very, very similar and um, in that, yes, there is some choice to it, but the, when we make certain choices, those choices affect the body and activate a disease process. Uh, we don't shame people who develop cancer from, say, smoking. We don't shame people who um, have heart disease or have a heart attack, even though they may be obese and have had very sedentary lifestyles and eat poorly. Uh, but we do shame people who have a, the disease of addiction and we look down on them as, as if something's wrong with them um, or they have lack of character compared to somebody else who suffers with another health condition. So part of the effort of the Recovery Awareness Month is to uh, change that focus and to be able to look at the disease of addiction just like any other health condition. And when people recover, we want to celebrate that just like people who recover from other very serious health conditions as well. Our guest this morning, Dr. Jonathan Harden, CEO of Mountaineer Behavioral Health. So you, you mentioned a little bit ago that uh, the Recovery Center has been in, in the community for a few years. Uh, what's the trajectory of that been like? How many uh, folks have you been able to help? And are, are a lot of them from the, this area or are some of them from outlying areas? We serve, uh, we bring in about 500 people per year. So uh, about 40 to 45 people a month get admitted into our residential treatment program. And then they successfully graduate and move back into the community. Many of those continue on for outpatient services. We see about 200 people a week for outpatient follow-up and continuing on and helping them manage their medications or any mental health matters or dealing with reintegrating with family. Uh, so we have those services going on. You mentioned about uh, do we serve primarily the, the local community. Our target audience initially when we opened was the tri-county area of Morgan, Jefferson, and Berkeley counties. To our surprise, we have gotten referrals from all 55 counties in the state that want to come here. And I'd like to think that most of the time that's because Mountaineer is such a great place. 
Uh, but it's not just because of Mountaineer. It's also because the economic opportunities that are here in the Tri-County area. So many people who have uh, come from areas that have been affected by the coal industry or just economic downturns in, in southern part of West Virginia, they not only want to change their life and get clean and sober, but they also want a new economic opportunity. So they come up here, they come to treatment, they get clean and sober, and they have good skills, they have good work ethics, and they have job opportunities here, as we all know how the Eastern Panhandle has been just exploding with that. I imagine, too, it's, it's good to kind of get out of the neighborhood. Again, you know, when, when you're in recovery and you see the, the folks you used to you know, be around when you were in the throes of addiction, probably not helpful. That's, you know, being in the community and seeing people do well has been one of the most gratifying things of, of the job, seeing people in the uh, town at the store um, and they come up and they say, hey, I've got two years clean. Thank you so much for what you did. Or, wow. uh, they introduced me to their family and uh, there, there's just nothing more gratifying than that. So, of course, uh, you know, West Virginia, it seems like is usually towards the top of the list in terms of, you know, addiction and uh, things like that, specifically heroin and fentanyl. So, I mean, you're, you know, you see it in real time and firsthand. You see the issues that, you know, are surrounding that. What are your opinions on it? Is it moving, you know, in the right direction? Do you maybe see those numbers starting to get, you know, a little bit bigger? Yeah. You know, the problem with fentanyl is that you don't have to be a compulsive, addictive user to have a problem with it. You only have to be unlucky once. And so somebody can just be recreational user and, and they um, get with some friends and think they're smoking one thing. Maybe maybe they, they even think they got something um, what's sometimes referred to as a soft drug like marijuana. And then it's laced with something very, very um, um, serious like fentanyl. So uh, that's a real problem that, that the community has. There's some agencies in town that are doing a great job educating the high school population and the younger population. Uh, the initiative, uh, the Martinsburg Initiative, that's associated with our police department, has been doing a great job. The Berkeley County Day Report Center has been doing a great job with their teen initiative in trying to turn the tide and educate people. Well, again, we're speaking with Dr. Jonathan Harton, CEO of Mountaineer Behavioral Health, uh, talking about their annual recovery in the park event, which is coming up on the 24th. So before we let you go, remind people about the uh, you know event, the recovery in the park coming up uh, later on this month. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have a load of activities. We're going to have a cornhole tournament for those who think they got game with that. You any good? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to have a, a volleyball tournament. We've got a DJ with music. We've got a lot of vendors, uh, food trucks. Um, we're going to have some testimonies from those who've uh, been able to stay sober. And so we're, it's going to be a wonderful day for people to bring their families out. And also for those who may be struggling, we'll have uh, agencies out there with resources. So if somebody needs to get more information, that kind of resource will be available there as well. So before we let you go, I wanted to ask, because if someone is listening and they've got a loved one who's, um, you know, grappling with addiction, what are first steps for someone who is a loved one of, of someone who's in addiction? Uh, do they call you guys first? Do they call recovery resources? Yeah, there's a lot of different uh, resources that are thankfully here in the community. Uh, a couple of places to go is depending upon the age of the person or the situation, uh, the more people you can get involved in supporting that person, the better. So if, if it's a teen involving the school or guidance counselors, if it's an adult, uh, talking with them about seeing their doctor. And 
the first step that so many people can take that maybe is non-threatening is just to go see their doctor to get a look at not just the addictive piece, but what have been some of the health consequences. Because obviously using has a way of affecting other things. That's not so threatening to say you need to go to rehab. But maybe if you just if we just get into a, a medical appointment and uh, check everything out to make sure you're doing okay, that can be a, a nice soft step into the process. Well, again, speaking with Dr. Johnson Hartens, CEO of Mountaineer Behavioral Health. Now, let people know where they can go to find out more information about Mountaineer Behavioral Health. Yeah, our website is mountaineerrecovery.com. Uh, we have a lot of resources there, and we talk about the services that we provide, and you can get a good overview. Uh, one of the things we're very thankful for is we've got a beautiful top-notch facility out in Kearneysville. And we're breaking ground also on our 72 acres with uh, where we'll be developing a 200 housing unit uh, neighborhood called Mountaineer Recovery Village. So where people can live in a community that is uh, restricted, restricted with any drugs or alcohol. So that's going to be a nice uh, development over the next couple of years. So the website is a great place for them to go uh, for uh, Mountaineer. Perfect. Again, we've been speaking with Dr. Jonathan Harton, CEO of Mountaineer Behavioral Health, among other things, and to talk about the recovery in the park event coming up on September 24th down at War Memorial Park. So go check that out. If you're interested and if you missed any of this conversation uh, with Dr. Harton, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. But doctor, thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah, it's been great being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Stick around for more Panhandle Live after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live. With hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, I think I'm still all full uh, from that pizza burger at uh, Captain Bender's Tavern last night. That is one thing. When you go to those um, to the Coach Ernie McCook show broadcasts, um, you're gonna you cover your your job, but also it's dinner. You gotta get some <laughs> perks, right? Yeah, there's gotta be something there. But oh my no. gosh! And the food is always like oh, I, I've so never good. gotten anything bad from Captain Bender's. Well, that pizza burger was great. And like you said, uh, it was the Ernie McCook show. You can hear it every Thursday uh, at 7.30 over on 95.9 The Big Dog, which is your home for Shepherd University Athletics. Uh, and it was nice catching up with Coach. He uh, brought along Ronnie Brown and Kyle Smith with him. Ronnie Brown, of course, uh, having like 300 yards rushing uh, last Saturday in the home opener. Uh, Kyle Smith, a uh, couple of tackles, a uh, interception for a touchdown last weekend. So uh, it was cool to chat with them and just get kind of a uh, recap of things and a kind of state of the union for Shepherd football. Mm-hmm. And you've been going out to some of the practices. Mm-hmm. Is it weird to be on the sidelines <laughs> at this point? Is, are you, are you used to covering it instead of just playing? Well, the toughest part with uh, that kind of stuff is just like getting the team used to seeing you at things uh-huh. like that. So you're not just the random guy that's like standing there with a recorder and a you know pad of paper mm-hmm. uh, and they think you're somebody else. And it is always fun sometimes too. I have a couple of ESPN shirts, uh-huh. so it's fun to wear those. Oh. So they'll look at you a little longer. You don't need to pose. You're <laughs> you're an important local sports just to mess broadcaster. With them. Just messing with them, you know. But uh, and now it's 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 fun to be on sidelines because then you get to talk to different people, get to talk to the trainers, you know, uh, when they're not in full focus mode mm-hmm. um, during a game or something like that. So, you yeah, know who's fun, fun to talk to during a during a game? Who's that? The moms. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. If you can talk to them, if they're well, not sitting there stressing out. I've been to uh, some of the college games, you know, of different colleges that my kids have been involved in and uh, lucky enough to sit behind the parents section. Yeah. And well, you said that happened so when we colorful. went out for the BBAs, mm-hmm. the BBAs up at the, it was, mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah, West the, the soccer, somebody. yes, mm-hmm. the soccer team. We got, we got to talk to the standout soccer players family, but I remember going to the UCF pit game and we were behind the parent section at a point and um th- those they the parents still wear the shirts with the kids names <laughs> on them just like you're back in little league oh or, yeah you know. they're still their kids oh my gosh and it's real easy to forget that these college kids are still kids yeah. when you see them out there especially these football players you know they're so big and they look like they're 40 years old but in reality they're 20 <laughs> right. you know which is uh always funny but we played a couple of clips uh during panhandle sports live earlier this morning but we didn't get to one and that's coach kind of previewing uh the cow game which is coming up this weekend noon kickoff you can hear the pregame show starting over on 95.9 the big dog your home for shepherd football uh at 11 uh tomorrow morning goodness keep forgetting today's friday uh tomorrow morning at 11 a.m but here is coach kind of uh give us a preview for the cow vulcans coming to town what are you looking forward to or i guess we're looking at with the vulcans coming to town i know they got a good running back a good quarterback and a good linebacker yeah they they they're they're really good in all three phases offense defense and special teams uh they've been a perennial power in our region for about 15 years now uh we played in some big games with them I think their head coach, Gary Dunn, is a phenomenal coach, good guy, good person. He's going to have his team prepared and ready to go. Um, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to say their strength is on one side of the football or not, but I think their strength is in all three phases. I, I think they have a quarterback that may be the second-best quarterback in the uh, region, um, Noah Mitchell, uh, big, physical, strong arm, can throw it, can make all the throws you need. They have a running back from Bullis Prep that can absolutely stick his foot in the ground and get vertical. And they have some speedy wide receivers. Uh, you know, I think they got a freshman that can really motor. You'll see him number 81. And then Jaquay Jackson, number 9, who had 110 yards rushing. I mean, receiving in a touchdown last week against a really tough Kutztown team. And uh, so I thought they're they're really good there. And when we look at their, their kicking game, they have an all-region kicker and punter uh, that does it. You know, he's a good, really good player. We recruited him. We tried to get him here, and he chose Cal. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, we have a defense that I think is going to be a really tough front seven. You know, their D-line is they rotate guys in and out. They play with a lot of different looks. They have linebackers that, you know, they want to pressure you and get after you. So our O-line is going to be challenged to match their physicality um, and also, you know, be able to sustain blocks. You know, when when we want to throw the football, we're going to have to win some one-on-ones. When we want to run the football, we're going to have to maintain our blocks and we're going to have to run through some arm tackles. Uh, So the the keys for our success is, one, we – We've got to play with great effort, great energy, and great focus Um, because this is a team we can't make a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. They're a kind of team that will capitalize on your mistakes, and and mistakes against a team like Cal PA will hurt you. And, uh, you know, I had somebody tell me, hey, they lost last week, and I was like, yeah, they lost to Kutztown. It's like Alabama losing to Georgia, you know, like, my goodness. Just two of the best football teams in the region playing last week, and uh, so I, I think um, they're going to be really focused. They're going to be ready to go. We're going to need 
the 12th man in Rams Stadium to really make him feel uncomfortable. Again, that was from the Ernie McCook Show, heard live every Thursday at 7.30 from Captain Bender's Tavern in downtown Sharpsburg. You can come out and you can listen to a little Shepherd football talk. Uh, get some food. It's uh, $3.50 draft beers, 16-ounce uh, draft beers. Marsha, Captain Bender's on Thursday, so you can come on out and get you uh, whatever your... Fish and chips. Yeah, your beverage of choice is, too. Uh, pizza burger. You never know what the deal is going to be out so there. You, you had the pizza burger. Did have the pizza burger and it was delicious. I could have only thing I could have asked for was a little bit more uh, cheese, but I'm just a I'm just a freak when it comes to cheese. Okay, so not sure, but yeah, come on out whenever you get the chance, or you can of course listen live, and that is ninety five nine. The big dog is where you can hear Shepherd Sports. Uh, you can hear the Panhandle game of the week right here on WPM and WCST tonight. Uh, that'll get going around seven o'clock with the uh, Jefferson and Spring Mills game at Spring Mills. That's shaping up to be. Pretty big uh, game for the Eastern Panhandle. And then, of course, for our Morgan County folks, you got Berkeley Springs with a massive game tonight at home. Uh, the rival Frankfurt Falcons coming to town. You can hear Parker Stone uh, give you that over on ninety or over on 92.9 WXDC. It's, we, it, we have so many options. So many options. And plus, I, I don't want to take anything from, from your broadcast day, but it is WVU football day tomorrow. We'll have mm-hmm. all-day coverage on this network uh, for for that, and uh, it's very interesting. The people that I know, uh, some of them who have season tickets, uh, trying to trying to sell them for sell tickets for the, for the Saturday's game. One of them, actually, I won't call this person out, but said if you want tickets to Saturday's game as part of the Neil Brown farewell tour. <laughs> like, oh my god! Well, it's a big deal. I mean, uh, not. Just they got to win this game, right? Which they right. should beat Towson. Uh, but it's also the West Virginia Hall of Fame uh, induction, West Virginia Sports Hall of Fame uh, induction. And West Virginia fans will recognize the three guys going in Stedman Bailey, Geno Smith, and Tavon Austin. Uh, of course, Gino and Tavon will not be there because they are still currently playing in the NFL uh, and aren't going to be able to make it for. You know, Saturday game, but Stedman Bailey will be there for you know all the ceremonies and the festivities. So that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Man, I'm watching these highlights here from Stebbin Bailey back in the day. He had five touchdowns against Baylor. He's just walking into the end zone there, like oh, that was such I, I know a fun. That was such a fun Mountaineer team. Mm. Well, all these uh, catches. <laughs> I do believe. Uh, yeah, I think I heard Hoppy Kerchival's commentary mm-hmm. this morning, and and he's saying um, there are a lot of benefits to Neil Brown's tenure there off the field. You know, there hasn't been a lot of nonsense, mm-hmm. and uh, give him another chance. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. But we do got to get to our first break, so we'll be back uh, with more Panhandle Live, or our second break, I guess, with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. There must be some kind of way out of Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me is Marsha Kvalik. And Marsha, we've got our next guest joining us in the studio. We sure do. She's been doing the tour of Martinsburg, apparently, this morning. <laughs> Audrey Morris, Director of Morgan County Starting Points. Welcome in. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Be here. It's nice to have you in studio, for sure. Yes. So uh, what's going on with uh, with starting points? Um, this morning, I would just like to talk about Empty Bowls. It's our annual fundraiser, 
and we do this for um, to benefit our mealtime community kitchen. Um, and I want to say this is about our 15th, 16th year that we've been doing this fundraiser. Um, it's a great community thing, and we're really excited this year to be able to be back in person because we've been drive-by or mm -hmm. silent for two years. Yeah, no fun, right? No fun at all. All right, so if someone is not familiar, what is Empty Bowls about? Um, Empty Bowls is actually a national effort, and um, you can register to be part of the bigger picture um, what we do in Morgan County, we have local artists and we've had volunteers making bowls. Um, Veronica Wilson at Frog Valley has been totally amazing, allowing us to come in with groups and make glass bowls. Um, so that's been really fun for people. We've gotten the community involved in that. Um, the night of the event, which is next Friday, September 23rd, will be at the American Legion from 5 to 7 and people will come in, you'll pay your $20 and get a bowl that you can get wrapped and take home. You'll get a bowl of soup and a piece of bread and a drink kind of to simulate a soup kitchen meal. And then we have lots of silent auction items and then an online auction will be running at the same time. And so when you say you're, you're emulating what it would be like to be in a, in a soup line, um, you know, what, what is it like whenever you're, you see these folks who are, you know, do-gooders in the community and they, you know, they're lining up just like everyone else and getting soup and a piece of bread. Um, I think it's humbling for some people if they really think about it. We um, do not do a lot of the down. We're about its community. Mm -hmm. And so we have people from all walks of life who are coming in for the event. Um, so it's, it really is like a homecoming community kind of thing. People have, um, maybe not seeing each other since the last time we had an a empty bowls event. So they're going table to table and they're checking out the friends and seeing who's, you know, doing what and how things are going. Um, we usually have some things on the table with statistics as far as like homeless or hunger, you know, statistics within the County. Um, and in the last three years, each year. So in our community kitchen at starting points, we serve meals Monday, Tuesday, and Friday evening from three 30 to five to anyone who pulls up to the door. You just pull up like a drive through, tell us how many um, meals you want. We'll bring them out to you. Um, no questions asked. Hmm. So it's not a lot of the stigma around it though. You know, we won't, the last time that we did a survey, um, it was like 50% of the people who were coming were making less than $20,000 a year. And it was about 30 some percent that were making less than 10,000. How do people live on $10,000 a year, especially now when rents are so expensive and, you know, food in the grocery store and gas are just have gone sky high. What a lovely thing to do though, because I think, um, a lot of folks who are, you know, it's, it's sticker shock now when you go to the grocery store. Um, folks who never had to ask for help before uh, may feel very awkward trying to, to do that, that you, you just, no questions asked, people can pull up and get the help they need is, is a lovely thing to do. Yeah, it's, um, and we can make connections with people, even though they're like sitting in their car. Sometimes they'll get out, they chat. Um, we're fortunate to have donations from the farmer's market. So that fresh produce comes in on Sunday. We're giving that out on Monday. And so people are not only getting a hot cooked meal, they're also taking home fresh produce from local farmers. So we're spreading the love. Um, so the event is um, the only fundraiser that we do for the kitchen. And um, we do, like I said, it's an annual event. 
we do have now um, purse raffle. We have designer purses. We have three. And so we're currently selling um, raffle tickets for that. Um, and then the night of the event, we'll have silent auction items that range from themed baskets to um, portraits, paintings, um, just a variety of things. And then the online auction, we I'm really excited because for years we've been trying to get like destination things mm-hmm. for the for the auction. Mm-hmm. So we have everything from a condo in Pensacola Beach, Florida, um, several of the B and B places or not B and B, but um, the weekend cabin rentals in yeah. Berkeley Springs. We have like five or six of those plus nights at. Cool font and um, Cape and State Park and uh, the country. Well, I, hope my I hope my husband. I hope my husband. So I mean, we're really excited. We have some really good things going on this year. And you can find the sorry, Marsh. You can find the flyer over at Morgan County Starting Points uh, on their Facebook page. And I mean, you said this is the only really big fundraiser uh, for Starting Points, and you know that makes it a pretty big deal. Especially, I mean, you said you're giving out meals to people, no questions asked. And you know, for as great of a thing that is, I mean, it costs money. You know, for you guys to get those things. It does cost money and we are a partner of the Mountaineer Food Bank, but they have less and less coming into them that's real food. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, being a negative to them. They're struggling to get real food as well. Um, so we're having to actually purchase more things than um, at a higher cost than what we have in the past. So that's kind of a double wham for us that, you know, when we're buying things, it's costing more. So, so I know our focus has been on the community kitchen, but uh, Starting Points does a lot of great things throughout the year. Uh, how was the start of school for you guys? Um, it was, we kind of sit back a little bit when school starts because we don't, um, we're not part of the day-to-day school process, but we are doing a lot of programming in the school that's going to be gearing up soon. Um, we do nutrition education in the schools and financial education with the high school students. Um and we have a really cool program called Empower You that we're working with middle school girls um, on empowerment. So those things are just starting to gear up because we're kind of give let the school system settle down when they first start and then we come into the schools. And um, as far as our regular programming, we do parenting education and life skills education and emergency assistance with um diapers and baby things and food and so we're kind of across the board if it comes to families in the community we're pretty much involved how many i'm sorry go ahead well you kind of just explained it there and you kind of have through uh, our conversation but what i guess kind of uh, the umbrella um speech if you will about uh, starting points what does morgan county starting points you know do for the community um we are a family support center we've kind of been renamed this year from family resource center to family support center Um, And we're providing support. We provide um, collaboration. We pull teams together to address needs in the community. Sometimes we take on those projects and do them in-house. Sometimes other groups come forward and take on the project. Um, So we're communicating, collaborating, but then we're also doing direct service with providing um, hands-on things to families. So uh, how many people are are on your staff or how many volunteers do you guys use? Um, we have, I always have to like count offices, but we have um, eight people on staff and then we use a lot of volunteers in our community kitchen. So we have two part-time people who are cooking the meal in the kitchen and then we have three-ish um, volunteers who come in every day to help serve. How many meals do you think you serve in a year? Over 11,000 uh, for the last two years. 
wow. which that's three days a week in a county the size of Morgan County, which is, you know, over 17,000 people. That's a lot of meals. And it's a lot of the same people who are coming. Right. Well, how can people get involved if they do want to volunteer? Um, if they want to volunteer, they can um, call at 304-258-5600. They can send me an email, amorris at starting-points.org. If they're interested in the online auction for empty bowls, the website is jlawyer, L-A-W-Y-E-R, auctions.com. And that empty bowls um, event <coughs> is happening a week from today. A week from today. And I see here artisan bowls. What's that? Uh, what what will those look like? We have some who are some people who are artists mm-hmm. who have made the bowls and donated <laughs> them. And then we have the real rest legit of us, artists. Real people. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have you know the amateurs that went in mm-hmm. and did. But the bowls are beautiful, and so we're really excited to uh, be back in person this will year. Will you buy and, your own bowl or? I'm going to look for it. I took a picture. It's hard to, <laughs> when you do the bowls, you're working on a flat piece of glass and you're laying other glass on top of it and then it's fired. And oh. so then it takes a bowl shape. So it kind of looks oh. different. Um, but I took pictures of my bowls when they were flat. So I'm hoping I can find them once they're like a police lineup. Which one is yeah, it? Yeah, kind of, <laughs> sort of. Again, we've been speaking with Audrey Morris, director of Morgan County Starting Points. Thank you for joining us this morning. And if you missed any of the conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. But stick around. We'll be back to uh, wrap things up here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, it looks like it's shaping up to be, well, a beautiful Friday and yet another beautiful weather weekend. Absolutely. It's going to be a little warmer than I thought it was going to be. Is it? Yeah. I, th- I thought it was going to be like more fall-like, but it's going to be in the low 80s. Well, it's so. 63 out right now, and I love everything about that. Well, it'll be great for high school football tonight, like probably in the 70s. But, um, but yeah, yeah I'm seeing tomorrow. A, uh, yeah, I'm seeing plentiful sunshine, it says today, with a high of 81. Partly cloudy skies tonight, low of 56. Love that. Uh, and then tomorrow, partly cloudy skies and a high of 82. Are you going to be in a press box tomorrow for the oh, game? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah so they got us be, in the big one. That's the big one so on the home cool. side. Oh, you must. That's Got big, big huge free. garage door windows. Just open those things up and you're big time. Love it. Mm. Love that. Do you, do you use binoculars? Have to. Got to. Especially because Shepard loves to wear jerseys that are kind of tough to see what the number uh-huh. is. Uh, so uh, binoculars are critical. And so, I'm glad you said that because I have not put those in my book bag after I switched them. So I got to mm-hmm. do that. All Thank right. You. Well, make, please make a note of it. Um, uh, by the way, we've, we've got a good number of stations here in our little clusters. So just uh, just to clarify that game, uh, the Shepherd Rams game will be broadcast on our sister station, 95.9 The Big Dog. Mm-hmm. If you're tuning in for WVU uh, game day coverage, it's happening here on the Panhandle News Network. Nine hours of wall-to-wall coverage about WVV Telson. That's right. Okay. WV the, versus, yeah, WV, yeah. Versus. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait, 
How do I WVV. Do? And then, like, not not to confuse anyone further, but um, Marshall University, mm-hmm. which is having a pretty decent little football season, uh, is about to uh, formally install its president. Of course, Brad Smith has been uh, president. It was was named earlier, uh, but this is his formal investiture ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Smith is a Marshall alum, and I, I've got good friends who went to Marshall, and uh, one of them grew up in Cerrito Canova, and uh, Brad Smith was his karate instructor. Which is, <laughs> oh, and he, you know, they're our age. Yeah. So it's just kind of, I think it's really cool when you think about uh, what a president of a university does. They're not all powerful, all knowing and all that, but it can build a brand. You know, you think about E. Gordon Gee. I was just about to say, I mean, he's um, a legend up there. He, re- he really is. I don't know how he comes up with the energy that he does, but one of the great things that sold us on WVU was his personal touch that he would come, he'd come out to things. He'd, he'd go to move in day, he'd hand out cookies, took selfies with all the, you know, students, even, um, kind of during the pandemic, he, he was very brave about, um, going out and, and taking selfies and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about someone like Brad Smith, who obviously is a, a hometown guy who's given a lot back to West Virginia and the university, um, I think this is a huge, a huge day for West Virginia and for Marshall. Yeah, I think so too. I'm scrolling through some stuff here uh, on Twitter, and this was from uh, the 12th, I believe. But uh, Governor Justice, and it looks like it's it's the football team, but it could be a mixture of kind of all the athletic teams um, at Marshall. But he sat there in front of him and gave a speech. I'd play all of it. Well, I guess I could play it here. We got some time. Let's hear. Let's hear what. Uh, what Governor Justice had to say to uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd just a few days ago. And he's an alum, by the way. We needed a new president. We needed new board members. We needed a new coach. And we needed a new look. We needed to change our image, didn't we? When it really boils right down to it, we needed damnable respect. And literally... You've given us every single ounce of that, all in one swoop. I could never, in a million years, tell you how much it means to me. Yeah, because, I mean, they went through so many different transitions. Not, I mean, not just the president, but the athletic director, coaches. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So it's cool uh, that Governor Justice went down and did that. But the transition for president, well, it seems to be at an end with Brad D. Smith becoming the uh, next Marshall University president. Absolutely. That investiture ceremony will be live streamed. Uh, There's a story at WV Metro News. You can read more details, but that's coming up at 10 a.m. in the lawn of Morrow Library. That's it. Here they are with all the chairs, getting them all set up. Yep. Maybe you'll see... uh, we see a Kavalik there, kiddo. maybe? Yeah. Maybe standing back here on the sidewalk somewhere? She hasn't texted me back. I don't know if that's a mom you're annoying or, you know, I'm I'm asleep. <laughs> I I hope she goes over there because, you know, this is not the kind of thing that happens yeah. all the time. So, And I feel like Marshall, well, they have been the last couple of years gone through. I mean, I feel like they had a president and then because mm-hmm. it was, I think there was a woman that was going to be the president and then something they, happened they had and then a, they had a whole um you there were a know, couple different people there was a, a long search um process that they went through and uh you know the the fact of the matter is and and this is contra it is controversial people will say that there i hear read on social media the the netizens some of them say well he he, he bought this position well mm-hmm. you know what 
he's he's in it and he seems to be doing a lot of positive things for the for the for the university yeah so them looking here uh now this is i guess more sports oriented but the past two years marshall has had a new university president athletic director football offensive coordinator football defensive coordinator quarterback a new field they're in a new conference for all their sports Mm -hmm. a new television deal uh, I guess, and then new players uh, coming in uh, for all of those teams now that they have a new conference and things. So that's all of that in just two years, which uh, is pretty tumultuous. Because as we know, with these big time D1 schools, I mean, football and the athletics, I mean, they're driving the you ship. You rise and fall. Yeah, yeah, they're driving the ship. So with that kind of stuff, uh, you know, all happening in such a short amount of time, I hope this new president can, you know, finally bring a calm to things. I think it just means it's a new day. Yeah. You know, and and what a, what a lovely thing to uh, today to to mark that uh, the the investiture. Uh, I know my husband has been way more invested, not only in the football team, but he's been watching a lot of highlights from their soccer uh, team. And I think probably what will get him back down to Huntington to watch a, a game will be soccer. Oh, <laughs> He'll probably run sure. down and see that. For sure. Well, Marsha, we just got a uh, a minute and a half left here of the show for the week on this Friday. Uh, you got any big plans for the weekend? It's going to be nice out. You going to start hitting the orchards, stuff like that? Oh, there's there are a couple of craft fairs that I'd really Where like to at? sneak off to. Where are they at? Well, there's the one um, on in the Frederick County Fairgrounds. We've mm-hmm. been the Shenandoah Apple Blossom Festival. Our sister stations have been giving out tickets to those to that event. Um, there's usually a car show. Pretty decent craft selection, of course. One of the things I like about that is they they usually have, um, uh, I think it's White House um, Orchard, um, uh-huh. the yep. apple products out there, and you can get apples and apple juice and all mm. that stuff. So really, apple harvest. Well, if you see any good applesauce, pick some up for me. You like applesauce? I, I like. love uh, applesauce. Sweetened, unsweetened, or cinnamon? Uh, sweetened and cinnamon. I'll do uns- I'll I'll eat any of it, but uh-huh. if I have the choice, if I have the choice, cinnamon. Uh huh. Then really? sweetened. Then yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I'll, I'll make a note of that. Please, that'd be awesome. That'd be <laughs> How about so you? Cool. Besides football. Uh, that's it. Football, 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 football tonight here on 93.7, 1340 WPM WCST. Then football tomorrow over on 95.9. The Big Dog. Got Shepard, got Jefferson, Spring Mills, Berkeley Springs over on 92.9 WXDC. I mean, my goodness, there's so much, so much sports. You will not run out of football this weekend. No, you definitely will not. But uh, that runs out of time for us today. So if you missed any of it, let's back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. But for Marsha, I'm Jordan. It's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.